Hello, high school hockey fans. It's the end of the season edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I'm Mike Hammett, Michael Terzinski, a.k.a. Trasher, and father and son are with us tonight as we are to do our end of the season. This uh, week in Wisconsin, and obviously we're going to talk about, of course, the championship games that we had. And uh, let's go ahead and start with the boys' D2 game. Northland Pines and Fond du Lac Springs. And who wants to open this one up? Well, I'll, well. Start, I'll, I'll start just by saying there were too many damn penalties called in this game. I agree. There was no flow in this game at all. Yep, 6-6-6-16. Six, 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 Sixteen yep. penalties in a game where neither team was being cheap. And like, one one of our one of the where you see it on Twitter, somebody said, "Yeah, good idea by the WIA taking guys who've never worked together before and pairing them up for the state tournament." And I roughed for a lot of years, and I had guys I liked working with. I had guys that I didn't like working with, and the ones that I worked with the most often, you know what they're going to call. And in the two-referee system, like, you know, the one guy's down in the corner, you see something happen in the corner, and you look at him, and, yeah, he saw it, he didn't think it was a penalty, you know, no big deal. Something else happens down in the corner, you look at him, and, you know, it's like, man, did he see that? Because that's something he normally would have called, you know. So then if he you think, well, he didn't see it, so I'll call it. But you got two guys who never worked together, uh, they were just calling Every little thing. I don't know if 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 they got if they were on on straight pay or they got paid by the penalty. Um, <laughs> they they were. I mean, uh, how many interference calls on a guy that had the puck? I mean, checking a guy that had the puck and you get called for interference. I mean, how does that happen? Yeah, I always thought that anytime you had the puck and somebody knocked you off it, that was just a part of the game. You didn't. There wasn't a penalty called on that. Yeah, and like there was, you know, I had the benefit of being where I was in our booth of watching all the replays on the the live stream TV. And like there were elbowing calls where guys' elbows were like in on their sides. Like, how do you get an elbowing call when your arm is in on your sides? Um, Stuff like that. It was just too many penalties. Like, five on five, it was a great game, but it was so little five on five. Um, Springs had two five on three goals. Uh, Pines got three penalties in the span of, I think it was a minute and 42 seconds at the end of the first period and the start of the second period. And, you know, some of them may have been legit. I don't know that most of them would have been called most of the time. Yeah, and don't, don't get me wrong. We're not trying to say that, you know, the, the 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 penalties cost Northland Pines the game or anything like that. I'll really say it, 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 it marred what was really a good game. Um, it, it, it just broke up the flow. Uh, it made the game a little harder to watch. Uh, congratulations to Final Act Springs. They played a very good game. Um, the the guys you expected to, to dominate out there dominated. You know, a great great performance by Final Act Springs. We should probably you know, talk about the positives of the game before we hit on the negatives. But you know, I started that, so you know, go figure. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, go ahead. I'm MJ. looking here at the stats. As I'm looking here at the stats in the game, power play is Fond du Lac Springs, two for nine. North Pines uh, wasn't able to convert on the power play at all, which probably didn't help at all. Yeah, I mean, overall, they were the two teams combined for two for 16 on the power play. So it's not like the power plays were the final decider of the game. Um it was just, yeah, it, they ruined the flow. Uh, Welsh, as you would expect, he had two of their five goals. Um, Pickert had an assist. Uh, Mitchell Huddle had a goal and two assists. Dane Dinovich had a goal. Uh, so they spread it around a little bit, but yeah. Uh, Brady Welsh was obviously the fastest player on the ice, except possibly Noah Pickert. Um, those two guys are just insanely fast. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, to, to say that you know Pickert had an assist, is kind of doing him a disservice. I mean, he skated the puck down in around the defenseman, cut across in front of the net, 
and you know he was stopped by the goaltender, but the puck was lying there on the edge of the crease, and um, you know Mitchell Hoodle came in and, and poked it in. Um, yeah, there's there's a little more. I guess yeah. I don't know if you can get a, a well a plus. He assist. was <laughs> he was minus one on the game because oh. his assist his assist did come on one of those five on threes. Oh okay. Uh, so he didn't get a plus for that. So he was minus one on the game. Take that. But uh, well. I, I, I've seen Northland Pines play a couple of times this year, and I'm familiar with their, their power play. And the fact that they were shut out on the power play had a lot to do with uh, Fond du Lac Springs perhaps also seeing their power play and cutting off the passing lanes. Uh, Pines likes to hit um, that guy in the, the one-timer position on either face-off circle. Uh, they usually they have a guy set up on either side. Uh, it's number ten on one side, and I forget who is on the other side. But um, they're they're there waiting for those one timers. And Fond du Lac Springs was just deflecting all those. They were they were breaking up all those passes that were going across there. Pines never got a chance to really, you know, work the power play that they wanted to do because uh, Springs did did a real nice job of cutting off all of the passing lanes. And like if. If you just look at the score sheet, like the first period of this game is is hilarious to me, because Springs led in shots fifteen to three, but that's not really what happened that period. What happened that period is Springs buried twelve shots in Brett Wilkins' breadbasket, uh, and had three shots where he actually like had to make a save, and Pine sailed a dozen shots two feet over the net. Um, <laughs> so the shots in that period were probably you know like. 15 to 13 or something, yeah. but shots, Pines couldn't... Shots, shots toward the net. <laughs> toward the net was a lot closer. Pines just shot after shot after shot sailing over the net, and Springs shot after shot after shot right into Brett Wilkins' belly. Uh, uh, right, it was kind right. of a funny period. Well, to give Brett Wilkins some credit, goalies work very hard to make sure that that shot ends up in their breadbasket. Yes. That is by posi- following the puck and positioning themselves for the shot. That is what they want. So when that happens, it's not just, it's not always, you know, Springs shooting there. It's the goalie positioning self so the puck hits him there. No, and, and Wilkins had a great game. He had 32 saves. Um, Springs had a 37 to 18 shot advantage. A lot of that had to do with the, the power plays and stuff. But, uh, yeah, Wilkins uh, was not the winning goalie, but he played a good game. He was, uh, you know, uh, did a nice job. He's a senior. It was his last game. Nothing to be ashamed about. Uh, Springs and uh, uh, Northland Pines, one and two on the year for the most part all the way through. Well, actually, all the way. Uh, so it was actually a really good championship game. Um, the disparity in the score has a lot to do with the the penalties and stuff, but but we're not blaming the refs. It, it, you know, it is what it is. And, well, you said uh, we're, we're not we're not saying the the refs, you know, stole the game from Northland Pines. It's just you know the the score may not have been quite that. The the, the score doesn't really indicate the, the the level of performance of the two teams. Yeah, you take away yeah. those two five-on-threes, and it's three-to-one. So that's probably more indicative of how the game really went. Yeah, those two, those two five-on-three goals, we didn't have an even-strength goal until 13-13 of the second period. So, I mean, more than half the game had elapsed um, by the time there was an even-strength goal. Um, if, you know, let me ask you this, Burglar. If officials generally work in pairs throughout the season or – you know, a small group that work together. Why don't they get scheduled that way for the tournament? Well, we is it just they don't want because because they pre-schedule everybody. They, they, do they? So, I mean, do they, they by they grades do, maybe? Uh, well, by they, grades. They, all officials are graded. Well, if the coaches turn them in before every game, the officials <laughs> yeah, right. the officials give the coaches each. Um, uh, like a, a, ca- a card, a, a card, a, a score, a, gra- a grading card, and the coaches grade them on. You know, uh, I wouldn't hire this guy to do a might game, to uh, <laughs> the, the, the or to you know all the way up to you know this guy sh- you know can do the championship game in the state tournament, um, and they're they're graded on that. And I, you know I don't know if I don't know how often 
you know, two two part, you know, two two guys who are doing a game together. I don't know if you know. I don't know how often a coach says, "Well, yeah, this guy was really good, but his partner really sucked." Um, I, I don't know what I, I don't know what criteria. Um, they well, it's, use. It, it's, it's usually the same guys, but pairing them up. I mean, guys that work together, you know, it it, it makes it easier on the referee to know what the other guy is thinking. Because obviously, if these refs were refing the championship game, they were. You know, the coaches turned in their comment cards, and these were the two top refs of the season. I mean, ostensibly. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they work together. And and right. the comment from before is, does that come into play? And I think it does. And I, I it sounds like you guys agree with that. I think I would do. just think that if refs normally if refs normally work in pairs, they should probably stay that way throughout the tournament. Um, they should be graded as a as a team rather than individually. Yeah, that's something maybe we could. Somebody should send into the WIA as a suggestion that might make for better games. I mean, I, I think it probably would make for better games. All right, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. The uh, Fox City Stars and the Madison Metrolinx. And uh, the Fox City Stars win this game 5-3. Uh, and, guys, uh, the Fox City Stars go back-to-back. Is anybody... <clears throat> Well, I briefly talked to Coach Chris McGurr while the uh, the D2 game was going on. He stopped up in our suite because uh, he makes a point of being nowhere near the locker room when the girls are getting dressed, um, as any any male <laughs> coach has to do in girls hockey. Um, so yeah, he was he was up in the booth. He's talking to me, and he's like, "This is the first game we've had at State where we were the underdog." And I'm like, "Are you really the underdog?" Like they're the number one seed. They beat us two to nothing earlier in the season, and they have like twelve team Wisconsin players on their team between U sixteen and U fourteen and whatever. Um, so I guess you know he he envisioned them as the underdog. I didn't see it that way, and I don't. I didn't look to me at any point like they were the underdog on the ice. Um, I thought they played a phenomenal game. Um, it didn't seem to matter which which line was on the ice for the stars. They hung with uh, the Lynx regardless of which line of theirs was on the ice, I think it was a, a really nice game uh, for the Stars. Did, did he show you the bruise? <laughs> no. Did, no. He, did, he, <laughs> did, did he say where he got hit? Right in the middle of the back. Right in the middle uh, of the back. Yeah, we, that we, 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 de- yeah. We, de- we declared a moratorium on Friday night of uh, Chris McGurk bashing because he got he was refing the one of the, the semifinal games for Division One and... Uh, the puck was on the other end of the ice. Team was killing a penalty, and Chris was over in the corner, and the guy behind the net decided he would just wind up and fire a slap shot around the corner and see if he could ice the puck. And it hit Chris, yeah, right in the middle of the back, and yeah. down, down he went. And, you know, Bob was down in that, Bob was down in the opposite corner, you know, or right across the ice, you know, that's where that's where you normally, you know, if a referee falls, that's where you want to, you know, take a picture of him. But, you know, even Bob, you know, saw that, you know, he got nailed in the back on that. I'm not going to take a picture of this. Yeah, even, and Chris even said, he's like, I gave him the boards. <laughs> I gave him the boards, but he didn't look up right in the back. Yeah, and it he... Looked, it I, looked painful. <laughs> it, it, it was. He, he was. he got knocked down, and it was like he started crawling. And I'm like, oh, that can't be good. So I'm sure there'll be a nice. Uh, my comment yep. uh, right after the penalty was, I think he's going to be peeing blood because that would probably hit him right in the kidney. Late later on in the game, the linesman got nailed on a on a icing attempt. Also, uh, he went down. Um, I didn't take a picture of him. Uh, I probably should have <laughs> taken a picture of Ryan Schroeder because he fell on his own, and he actually announced. That he was falling, I could hear him. Ah! <laughs> yeah, he yelled out something, and then down he went, <laughs> and that was good. But the other two guys both got nailed, so it was a rough. It was a rough game on the officials. So we, I say we, we, we didn't pick on Chris at all. Yeah, uh, Friday night. 
So maybe we uh, lobby for them skating in uh, suits of armor, maybe? Help to protect them a little bit? Knights of the Rink. I like it. I think next year they're just going to have to have more backup officials standing by. <laughs> yeah, or like <laughs> wear those uh, flak jackets that the NFL quarterbacks wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back to this game. Back to the game. Back <laughs> Sorry. To the, game. Uh, the end of the shots ended up being uh, 38 to 18 uh, in the game in favor of Fox Cities. Um, a portion of that has to do with the fact that uh, the Lynx took four straight penalties in the second period. They only took five for the game, but they took four in the span of about seven minutes in the second period, leading to two Fox Cities uh, power play goals, um, which really helped them pull ahead. At, you know, it was two to one going into that, and then after that stretch, it was four to one, which is a lot harder to come back from. But then the Lynx did fight back. Uh, Lauren Johnson and um, Mia Gotzi uh, both scored uh, to make it four to three, and then. Uh, Annika Horman got the last one with uh, nine nine twenty seven in the third period uh, to put them up five three and that's that's where it hung out. Well, I, I've seen the the Lynx play a couple times this season also, and you know they have Sydney Wraiths on offense, you know who, who's very good, but I think the the strength of their team after that is with their defense, uh, particularly Lauren Johnson and Grace Bennell. Um, they are, you know, shut down defenders, uh, shut down defenders, and, and have very good offensive skills as well. Um, they were each involved in some of the scoring, and the the first goal of the game, um, I was I was actually watching as, you know, Bennell and, and Johnson skated to the bench, and I don't know whether there was confusion on the bench, but it took several seconds for their replacements to hop out on the ice, and by the time they did that. Um, they could not ca- they they could not catch up and cut off Maddie Jablonski, who was skating down the the, the far side of the ice. Um, they 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 tried getting over there and they didn't, and she managed to get down around in front of the net, and, and scored that first goal just on a on a bad a bad defensive change. Notre Dame had some, and we'll get to the 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 D one game in a minute. But Notre Dame also had a couple of bad line changes in their game, including getting uh, whistled for uh, too many dudes on the ice. And uh, a couple things that I would like to mention is the the aforementioned Lauren Johnson and Grace Bonnell. They're both freshman burglar. What? Uh, but, yes, pretty impressive for freshman I did, I did, defenders. I had no idea. I, did, I didn't look at their actual yeah. roster. No, they, they are. So, I mean, but both of them... They played awesome this tournament, and uh, looking forward to a great future for them. But my biggest question would be for Mike McCursey. And you know where I'm going no, with this? I know exactly where you're going. We were okay. all kind of surprised at oh, 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 the start of the second he's period. A, <laughs> yes. He, he's, a, he's a big guy, so he can handle big questions. Well, I know. And I, I'll go easy on him because I, I like him. <laughs> Curse is a great guy. Um his daughter, Cameron, played in that the first period. Three saves, two goals allowed. When they came out for the second period, Eddie Armstrong was in that. So my question would be, how did the conversation go at the McCursey dinner table Saturday night? Um, but here's one for Cameron. She got her redemption because her TW... U16 team won the state this weekend, moved on to Central Districts. They were playing Fond du Lac this coming weekend for a chance to go to Natty's. So, Cameron, uh, felt bad for you that first that first period. You kind of got they, you know, I mean, it just it happens, you know. I, I'm a I'm a goalie dad. I know, that, and burglars too. You can have a bad period, and stuff happens. And sometimes the coach just changes things up to change things up. But um, you got your redemption, and best of luck to you at Centrals, and uh, hoping they can make it to nationals. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I kind of expected that <clears throat> Cam was going to start the game, given that he's been alternating lately. Uh, and she did play uh, more minutes than Addie Armstrong in the regular season. Uh, they pretty much alternated towards the end of the season, but she did end up with like two games worth 
um, maybe three games worth extra minutes uh, over what Addy had, and their numbers were comparable, so it's not like one of them had a huge advantage of the over the other. Um, you know, one of those two goals, I think Cam will tell you she probably should have had. The other one, I don't think there was much she could have done about it. Um, so that's that's tough. But, you know, we've seen goalies changed. Fox City's had to change goalies uh, in the championship game last year. Yeah. And uh, a plus side, an upside for the Metro Lynx, Cam McCursey is a sophomore, Eddie Armstrong is a freshman. So for the next three years, that's going to be a pretty strong core of netminders. Yeah, is like Sydney Race strong the next couple of years. Is, is Sydney Race like the only senior on the team? Like, you know, the, the, no, everybody think, everybody's I, like a freshman and a sophomore. They yeah, no, I think there were I think there was like four or five seniors. Um, so yeah, you're gonna have some losses, but um, as I I wrote in a, a piece on Wisconsin prep hockey yesterday, I, I think girls hockey is in good hands. There's a lot of young kids um, dominated basically the the all tournament team, freshmen and sophomores. So uh, they, you know, I mean, there there there's a lot of really talented players coming up, and for a variety of reasons, uh, Metrolinks I think is going to be pretty stout. So they got nothing to be ashamed wow. of. They did a great job, and uh, they just happened to fall to a, a very talented Fox Cities team. Well. Freshmen and sophomores dominated the the all tournament team except for gray haired old lady Maddie Jablonski. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, who won, the, the, who the won award, everything? The awards hog? Yeah, yeah. Well Maddie. <laughs> come on, Maddie. You should share with some of these other girls. Come on. Now she had a, a great season and a great career. Um not much more we can say than that. She is a, an awesome player, and uh, the stars and Jeff Fox and McGurk <clears throat> definitely going to miss her. Yep, and now moving on to, to D1, the game of controversy. Controversy? Game of controversy. Well, <laughs> if, if this was a regular season game, Verona would have won it 3-1. to one. Because there would not have been replay review, the calls on the ice would have stood. And their two goals, um, aided by goaltender interference, would have stood. 3-1 to one win, no overtime. Instead, they had two goals go to replay review. And uh, in each case, uh, the refs waved them off. Um, the first one was uh, a player just kind of all up in uh, goaltender Bo Buckley's grill. Um yeah, they waved that one off. Uh, all the officials I reached out to agreed with the call. The second one, I watched the replay on TV several times from the regular camera angle, and I could not see it. It looked like Buckley took a weird lunge at the puck and just a bad save attempt, which would be very out of character for him. Uh, but then they switched to a top-down view, which I didn't know they had. Um, and you could see uh, that when, you know, the, the shooter... Um, What's his name? Walker Hasig uh, was coming down the left side, and um, Leo Renlin was streaking through the center. When he got towards the net, obviously you can't just plow into the goalie, so he peels off to the right, and his skate is out, and he clipped Buckley's skate, and that's what knocked Buckley's leg back and made it look like he was taking a weird lunge. From the regular camera angle, you could not see that at all. Uh, but from the overhead angle, it was really, really obvious. Um you know, I don't think it was intentional or anything like that, but yeah, he he clipped the goalie, so they have two goals disallowed um, to to send it into you know extra innings, as I like to say. Yeah, I didn't see. I I, I watched. Yeah, you showed me the the replay of the first one, and I, I was taking pictures. I was right above the the Notre Dame net, um, and I didn't see it. On the first one, but the shot was the shot. The the goal in the first one was high glove side, and the player that came in um, right in Buckley. Well, but he was on that side. Basically, he he prevented Buckley from getting his glove up. Um, is what he did. I don't know if the, 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 he made. He didn't. He didn't like make significant contact, but he was right up against him and prevented him from getting the glove up to make that save. And then on that the other one, 
Yeah, I mean, I I saw the shot, I saw the goal, and I looked down and said, you know, what the heck is Buckley doing face first on the ice? Did he just guess and lunge at that puck? That's kind of out of character. And then again, you showed me the replay, and it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I, I thought that the first one maybe could have gone either way, but the second one, the skate definitely knocked the skate of Buckley off. And uh, like like Bill said, uh, regular season game, this is a 3-1 to, to one Verona win. So, um, yeah, maybe a little controversy, but I think when it came right down to it, the officials got it right with the reviews. I think that's the most important thing. The first two periods, Notre Dame really took it to Verona. Uh, through the first two periods, they outshot them 23 to 8. <clears throat> and this wasn't like a, a Pine Springs situation where Pines kept sailing them over the net. I mean, it was like, Notre Dame really took it to them for those first two periods. And then the third period, um, it was all Verona. Um, I don't know if they just got fired up. Um, but yeah, they just, yeah, they really kind of dominated that third period. Uh, finally cracked it with, 301 into the period and then yeah send it to overtime and they won it with just a minute and 43 left on the clock in that first eight minute overtime and that was that was an interesting go ahead I uh, I thought that third period Verona looked like the strong team they started they started taking it to them I agree with the first two periods yeah it was it was Notre Dame, but it seemed like Verona was able to get out in that open space. Uh, once they got into the neutral zone, they were able to do some things um, to Notre Dame defensively and were able to get some looks. Third period, they were they were a lot stronger. Remember, they played a double overtime game the day before, and they still had plenty of gas in the tank. Well, you know, ho- hockey is an emotional game and you know I, I've we've all seen games where you just can't understand why a team looks flat and the thing we talked about in our, our pre-game analysis our our Friday night podcast was how Notre Dame plays the same game period after period regardless of the situation they play the same game well Verona changed their game I think I think Verona got pissed off <laughs> you know those two goals that weren't allowed. I think they got pissed off, and they were playing with a little bit of an extra edge and a little bit of an extra attitude. And I think that's what really got things going for them in that third period. They were pissed off. Well, I can't say for sure about Notre Dame or uh, Verona, the team, but I can tell you that Joel Marshall was a little bit irritated. You could tell by his body language on the the bench, but uh, rightfully so. I mean. Like like Bill Jr. said, normally those goals count, you know, and all of a sudden they don't count. It's like the same thing, but I, I understand why they do it at state tournament, and I, I think it's a good idea to make sure that they get it right. But, yes, Burglar, you are absolutely correct. I think Verona was pissed off, and it showed in the, the last few minutes of the game. I, I, I have to mark about the the, the so, final just, the final goal. You know, going to let it all hang out. For the final goal that was scored too, I thought it was interesting. I mean, um, puck was down in the in the the, the Notre Dame end. Um, Buckley, you know, Notre or Verona is making a defensive change, and Buckley sees that he has a guy you know all alone on the far blue line, and he tries to send him the puck. Um, and he got it up in the air, you know, to send it down there. But Leo Renlund, you know, just inside the, the, the Notre Dame blue line, jumps up, you know, catches the puck and knocks it down and comes in and takes a shot before Buckley has a chance to really set himself again after, you know, making that pass. Um, just a, a quick, you know, turnaround, bang, bang play. Um, kind of a weird way to end a game, but interesting. <laughs> and and I talked about that in, in my story, too, is that um, Leo had, uh, from what we saw in video, interfered with the, the second goal that had been reviewed, number 21. Uh, it was his left skate that hit into the left skate of Bo Buckley, uh, causing the review and causing the negation of the goal. But, yeah, I mean, that, that the play that he made on the other end... Uh, Buckley 
made a, a nice pass, and nine times out of ten, he hits that pass, and the guy is wide open for a breakaway. This time, Leo Renlin jumped up, a great athletic move, knocked the puck down, and got it settled, and let her rip, and it beat Buckley. I mean, it was an amazing play, and, uh, you know, so Verona wins 2-1. to one. Okay, I, I just want to add what one thing. Um, you know, Leo Renlin, you know, hit hit the skate that caused the goaltender interference that negated the goal. It was the hitting the skate and the goaltender interference that made the goal happen in the first place. Okay? So, yeah, like if he doesn't hit that skate, that doesn't mean the goal doesn't get wiped out. That means the goal doesn't happen. That's the only reason the goal happened. So, yeah, well, the, fact, the yeah. fact that they yeah. also got negated, yeah, that's 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 a wash. It's kind of the same but different, right? Okay, we're good on that. Uh, in the game, though, um, Notre Dame ended out uh, out shooting the Verona Wildcats 31 to 20, but the Wildcats get the two to one victory. And you know, Burglar, I think the two games that Verona played uh, previous day, Chippewa Falls, Verona. And then this game on this day, the Verona against Notre Dame, were probably two of the best games of the tournament. Would you agree on that? Well, I know that we're, you know, the four-team thing, you know, eliminates a game from the tournament, but uh, Verona just won the state tournament while only scoring three goals. I mean, I know they only played two games instead of three, but, yeah, they only scored three goals. Uh, to win the state tournament, that's that's pretty impressive. That says a lot about what Caden Grant did and what their defense did. Maybe that was the difference Kaden, in the championship game. Maybe that's why Caden Grant was our tournament MVP. That's what the difference was in the championship game. Caden Grant outplayed Bo Buckley. I don't necessarily think that's true, but you're entitled to your opinion. Caden Grant also uh, outplayed the other goalie for Chippewa Falls. Uh, that goalie for Chippewa Falls on Friday night was amazing. Well, he outplayed him, but not by much. I mean, the, basically the difference was he gave up one more goal than than Grant did. But uh, Fixmer, Bridger Fixmer, I mean, he was advertised coming into the game as uh, a great netminder. And uh, the kid is only a sophomore he did not play like a sophomore. I mean, sophomores are supposed to be, like, shitting the bed. He did not. He played awesome. He had, I think, 37 saves of 38 or 38 of 39. He gave up one goal. That, I mean, yeah, in I my yeah. mind, that that this is one of the best games ever in in yeah. the history <laughs> of the I, tournament. I, I, don't know that, I don't know that he got outplayed. I was standing right above the net when that goal yeah, was scored. Yeah, I can't. He stopped the shot. He stopped the first rebound with his blocker. He flung his leg out there and stopped the second rebound with his pad. And that puck got knocked up in the air, and the guy batted the puck out of midair into the net. And Grant had, I mean, or, or, or Fixer had nothing left to throw at it. I, 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 I'm not going to admit that anybody outplayed him in that game other yeah, than you know other than the, the the swarm of Verona Wildcats who were all over him in that overtime yeah I, like, I, I don't I will I agree can't, I can't I take umbrage I mean Grant deserved the tournament MVP but I don't think he outplayed either of the goalies that he played against he won those games but I don't think it's because he outplayed them nobody gave up a softy if somebody had given up a soft goal then yes, he outplayed them. Nobody gave up a soft goal. Um, every one of those goals was full on legit. Um, so you know, I don't think he outplayed them. I think he did everything he had to do for Verona to win. Well, I think you had three ga- three very good goalies in that tournament. You had Caden Grant, Verona. You had Bridger Fixmer, Chippewa Falls. You had Bo Buckley, um, Notre Dame, um, and. You know, those were the three that the spotlight was on. They all played great. You know, and nothing against any of them. You know, you score a goal here, you score 
score a goal there, whatever. Um, but they all played great. So, yeah, I mean, I to say that we're all played is probably a misstatement, but um, some good net mining in the D1 tournament. Well, they were three of our five uh, Dobbinsvec finalists. So we got that right. Or the Caden, coach is dead. Well, I think the, the WHCA had as much to do with that as we did. Caden Grant in that championship game through the first two periods. Honestly, guys, when you look at it, what did you say the shots were? 23-8 to eight through two periods? Yes. And Notre Dame had scored one goal? Yes. I mean, he kept his team in that game, gave him a chance to win. Yes. Nobody which, is disputing that. Which he did. Oh, I think that's a, a valid statement. Um, I guess what I'm saying and, is, is it, it was it was a very impressive, oh, very impressive performance by him. Yeah, it, it definitely was. Right. It's just uh, what, and, yeah, what, what what you're what you're saying is that you know this goalie outplayed that goalie because his team won. It's kind of like the thing they do in in football, you know, where you know. Uh, Brady versus Manning, you know, in these NFL, where, you know, Brady and Manning are never on the ice at the same time. They're not competing against the same group of guys. Or a pitcher, a pitcher's duel, you know, where Maddox outduels, you know, some other pitcher. They're not really battling against the other pitcher, especially in the American League. They're not battling against the other pitcher. They're battling against the other team's offense. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, Buckley against, Grant, you know, it was Buckley against the the Verona offense and Grant against the Notre Dame offense. You know, they they they're facing two different opponents. You can't really compare them head to head. Did anybody see the black cat go across the screen? I did. <laughs> now we have seven years of bad luck. Well, he'd like to say hi to y'all. So I'll put Hudson in here. Hudson, say hi to everybody. Hey. How's it going? All right, now get out of here. Anyway, okay. yeah, guys, yes, so great great stuff, guys. Right. I'm looking here at the Verona roster, and this this is pretty amazing. Kale Rufnick is a senior. Drew Yeager, a senior. Keegan Lundell, a senior. Derek Isaacson, a senior. And who's the last one here? Parker Plock, a senior. And Ryan... Ryan Ritter, a senior. All the rest of them are underclassmen yet. I mean, you're talking Nate Jurens has another year to come back. Uh, Walker Hasig has a year to come back. You know, Leo Renland. Um, what I'm saying is, is also Kane uh, Grant. This team could repeat. They could. It's very hard to do, but they could. Well, we saw it on the girls' side. Um, but it seems to be a little bit tougher on the boys' side, especially now that we got the, the D1 thing going, or maybe not, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, there hasn't been a lot of repeat state champions, especially since the... Uh, well, you, you, you tell us, MJ, first of all, <laughs> is there anybody down there in your neck of the woods that will challenge them for that sectional will they get to the state is there anybody to challenge is there anybody down there to keep them from getting to the state tournament because that's the first step well i'll tell you what in in the big a conference i don't think so but when you look at it it just seems like edgewood always finds a way to get to that sectional final and this year they just they lost it in the third period so if i if you i, know, I remember challenge with a very young with a very young roster. I was going to say, if I remember correctly, Edgewood doesn't have a whole lot of seniors either. So it's it's so, possible those so two... So it'll come down between Verona and Edgewood next year. On paper, it looks like that, yes. Oh, no, no. As, we, we play the game on ice. Not as, on long as, as long as they keep the sectionals the same, the, you know, how the WIAs want... To change things around a little bit. Well, not that drastically. Well, you never know. And you, and you look at, you know, and you even look at how many of these kids stay with the team. You know, do they move on? No, nah, no, nah, we, we don't. We don't. No, 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 we don't go. We don't go there, MJ. You're the only <laughs> one who goes there, and we discourage you from doing that. 
There's 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 speculation, but possibilities. there is, but we want we want them all to stay with their high school teams. Yes, we don't encourage it. We don't talk about it. Not our. Thing. We don't we don't want it to happen. Well, I mean that's between the kids and their families, but well, as far as Wisconsin prep hockey is concerned, we cover prep hockey. Yeah, we want them all to play at the high school and, and, level. And the fact that they're juniors this year means they're seniors next year, as far as we're concerned. Yeah, we will, we want to watch them play as seniors. 10-4. Yeah. Okay. We want them all to be seniors with Gunnar Schiffman-style beards. <laughs> Fifth-year seniors. Fifth-year seniors, yes. And even, even, even the ones that can't really grow a beard, we want them to try. The playoff beard needs to be a thing. Well, oh, guys, oh, you know, remember, remember Dieter from Fond du Lac. We want to see what he looks like next year. Yeah, <laughs> but he was you know just how... a junior, and his his was his was going this year. Oh, so we had you know how the um, the Minnesota High School State Tournament has the the all flow team. Yeah, we had one guy that was giving it his all during the state tournament here in Madison. Can anybody tell me the name of that player? Oh, I saw him flip his hair when he went up for the camera shot, but I don't know who it was. Was his name, his number 13 on Notre Dame? I have no idea. Don't know. Brendan, Brendan Poshak? Oh, yeah, he gave a nice hair flip for the camera. I think he wins our award for... We don't have an award for that. If we had an we award, don't. he would... We are not a copycat. We are not a copycat group. We don't copycat other people's awards things, no. We <laughs> We're not a copycat group. <laughs> Poshak, you won our award if we had one, we but we don't, one. so tough shit. All right, no, if on. we have an Let's award, it's going to be the all-beard team. <laughs> there you, oh, there you go. Because that's more impressive. Anybody can grow <laughs> flow if it's try hard. Yeah. Not everybody can not grow. Every high, not every high flow? school can. Not Burglar? every high schooler can grow a beard. Bill can't grow a beard yet. Burglar can't grow a flow. I could grow a beard yeah, though. He's, he's oh yeah, high school. I well, grow, yeah, I grow seventy years beard. ago. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to the all, all right. tournament teams. <sighs> no, no. Here's the question for you now. We're now that the state teams. tournament, well, well, yeah, but let me ask you this before we go to that. We've we've had one state tournament with two divisions. Did it work this year? Well, I mean, who you ask and what their criteria is. I think it was. It was okay. I think there was there. I honestly, I think there was more energy in the building than there has been in years past. Um, well, I, that's just due to, you know, Pines bringing, you know, half the city down. Rice Lake had a good crowd. Verona had a great crowd. Um, Chippewa Falls had a great crowd. Somerset was, I mean, Somerset is 30 people and, you know, a couple of cows, and they had a they had a good crowd. So, <laughs> um, I mean, 25 well, I think, of those 30 people were there. Send yeah. your hate mail to uh, Webb Jr. at uh, WisconsinPrepHockey.net. Hey, I've... As I'm pretty sure I'm the only person on this call who's covered a game at Somerset, so yeah, you know, that's I, I get a pass. Um, you know, all right, I think there was, all right. There so was, you're the only person on this call who knows where Somerset is. Yes, <laughs> it's somewhere over there. You take 29 to 94, and then you just start buying vowels. <laughs> um, yeah, you just start buying yeah. vowels on the county roads. But I think there was there was good energy in the arena this year. I would have liked to see another session. You know, we've had. Five sessions in the past, two each day, and then one the last day. That that missing session stood out like a sore thumb. Uh, it meant that the the coaches' associations, you know, the boys' banquet was on Friday, and I trash or correct me if I'm wrong. Only the four teams that won were there. That um, is correct. In, instead of all eight, I don't like that at all. I don't either. I don't like that at all. Um, so you know, there's there's things that could be improved upon, but no, I think there was there was good energy. I think the D2 teams brought uh, a lot of great energy to the tournament with them, and the condensed, you know, I'd rather see eight, but the condensed um, four team D1, I think, made for better games. We didn't have any first round D1 blowouts. Um, that's not to say we're not going to see them in the future. You know, I, I I mentioned this several times. 
um, the last week. But, you know, two years ago in a seeded state tournament, Hudson beat Oklahoma Memorial 7-1 in the championship game. I mean, so we can still have blowouts, but I think the con- the, the condensed uh, tournament actually made for, for some good hockey games. Well, and, uh, well the, the biggest controversy, I think, of the, the schedule was, you know, why are the Friday games in the morning? You know, when, like, working people, you know, aren't, aren't going to get there. And the WIA's reasoning for the high school game, or the, the Friday games being in the morning, was the students will come to the game if they can get out of school and hop on a bus, you know, pay your 10 bucks, hop on a bus, go to the game, get out of school, they'll do it. And the first game was, you know, Notre Dame versus University School, Two private schools, you know, you small small student population. You don't have the 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 city support you do for like a Rice Lake or Verona, where you've got you know your your town represented. So the, the, those, I mean, each of those schools was represented well. A lot of their students came, but didn't fill it. But the second game, Verona and Rice Lake, the place was the place was rocking. Chippewa Falls, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Chippewa Rice Lake was in the division two. Rice Lake, yeah, Chippewa Falls and, and Verona. That place was rocking. And kudos to Pat McDonald and the Wisconsin Hockey Coaches Association. Um, the old Coliseum like seats like ten thousand people, and they, you know, so it, it always seems somewhat empty. But they had put. Uh, the black curtains. Cur- curtains down to block off. It was on one side. It was the top six rows. On the other side, it was the top nine rows. So they probably blocked off between two and three thousand seats way up on the top, which kind of forced everybody else down low. And for that semifinal game between Chippewa Falls and Verona, the place was pretty packed and pretty raucous and. You know, despite what all them, you know, people who like, you know, lots of goals scored for a one nothing game, that was pretty damned exciting. Well, I, you know, I had mentioned this before that I thought that Chippewa Falls Verona game was probably one of the most exciting special games in uh, the history of uh, the WIA state tournament because, I mean, let's let's face it. You were up there taking pictures, and uh, or maybe you weren't that game. I don't remember. I think you were, but I'm pretty sure he was up there watching. The I mean, the, the, <laughs> I was, was watching, watching while I was game. supposed to be yeah. taking pictures, getting caught but, up in the flow of the game. Yeah, and, and that's it exactly, though, burglar. I and, mean, wa- and watching, the, watching, it was Bridger, crazy. Watching Bridger Fixmer and Caden Grant, you know. Rolling around the net, safe Throw, safe. throwing, yeah. throwing whatever they had, you know, on yeah. rebounds, you know, Dominic, oh, yeah, Dominic Hasek, right? for a spine, just you know, whatever you had, just just throw it, you know, your gloves up there, your legs up there, what do you, your stick, whatever, just throw it up there and hope it stops the puck. And for the most part, they did. Oh, they absolutely did. At the start of that game, you know, Chippewa Falls was doing, you know, every city's got their We Are chant, you know, We Are the Mighty. The We Are I heard on the Chippewa Falls nearly knocked me over in the in the suite. Um, I have, I haven't heard a team, uh, a fan base that loud on their, we are chant at the start of the game in a long, long time. Well, it's been 20 years since they've been there. So they wanted to party like it was 1999. Like you told me junior that yes. I, sh- I should have had in my article or in my headline for that game. But, uh, you, you, you know, nailed it pretty much. And, yeah, you know, if they won, I would have pushed really hard and then thought better of it, having, you know, line and kugels for everybody as the, the headline. <laughs> but we do not condone underage drinking at we Wisconsin don't. Prep Hockey, so we would I would have thought better of it in the end. All right, I just got a, a, a text from MJ yeah, saying his Wi-Fi is down. Yeah. yeah, so you know about that. So we're going to have to run without him the rest of the day. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, – some great hockey. Uh, it's not like they're, you know, the the D2 semifinal games were kind of blowouts, but we talked about that before. But I think everything else was uh, pretty much a, a decent game. Well, yeah, well, and, like, like like Northland Pines coach. Uh, 
Dave Even Cox. Dave Cox said during his interview with NJ, next year Northland Pines will be more of a D2 type team <laughs> than what they were this year. Although, there you go. Although, unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, Fond du Lac Springs probably won't be a traditional D2 team. They're they're going to be as I think they're going to be as strong next year as they were this year. Which leads us to our awards, tournament awards. What's that? How's that for a segue? Without it's NJ a great here. segue. Yeah. yeah. Great. I like it. All right. Our D2 co-MVPs, Brady Welsh and Noah Pickert. Um, first team forward, Brady Welsh of Springs, Mitchell Huddle of Springs, and Harmon Marine of Northland Pines. I believe he was called by about 15 different names by the PA over the course of the tournament. But we, uh, go, heard... we go with the official Chris Oatman pronunciation of Harmon Marine because who would know better than the voice of Northland Pines hockey? Yes, my 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 personal favorite was Hudson Marion. Um, <laughs> that was my personal favorite. Uh, defense first team Noah Pickert of Springs and Riley McGee of Northland Pines, and first team goalie was Hayden Rising of Springs. Uh, second team Brady Snedden and Gunnar Schiffman of Pines were forwards. Uh, Dane Dinovich from Springs was the other forward. Uh, defense was Connor McLaughlin of St. Mary Springs and Bodie Smith of Somerset, and then the second-team goalie was Brett Wilkins of Northland Pines. And not surprising that, you know, Springs and Pines dominated the this. I mean, they were the two teams that won, they won by large margins. They, they, they had the deepest and most talent of the D2 teams. <coughs> I, I, had, I had Cole Fenske of Rice Lake and Antonio Gomez of Somerset both on my ballot, but uh, they did not get enough votes to make the whole team. Yes, I, and I, I blame I, the media. Yeah, well, I had uh, I had Bodie Smith because I thought he was a pretty good player, and Antonio Gomez as well, but they fell just a little bit short. But Bodie Smith um, definitely uh, made the second team. So, and I mean, the, the thing about all tournament teams at at a state tournament is that usually the the two teams that are in the championship game kind of get noticed more than everybody else. and Because, uh, because they play twice as many games because as the yeah, other guys. Yeah. yeah, probably, unless, you know, one guy stands out and uh, Bodie stood yeah, out. And I think Antonio Gomez stood out, too, but they just fell a little bit short. But yeah, kudos to the, them. Losing the quarterfinals kind of, it's going to have an impact on the all-tournament team going forward, I think. Um because at least you know in the past four teams would have gotten a second game and then two would have gotten a third game. Now it's just two teams with that second game, so it's going to make it harder um, on voters for the for the all tournament team. Alrighty, we probably had a all tournament team for the girls too, didn't we? We did. Uh, forwards for the girls: uh, Maddie Jablonski and Annika Horman of Fox Cities. Uh, Rachel Mirwald of the Metro Lynx was the third forward. Uh, defense: Grace Bunnell of the Metro Lynx and Gwen Gillard of Fox Cities. And goalie Addie Armstrong from the Metro Lynx uh, was the first team goalie. Uh, the MVP was Maddie Jablonski of Fox Cities. Uh, the awards hog. Uh, second team: Sydney Wraiths of the Metro Lynx. Uh, Alyssa Kanoff of Rock County, Leah Parker of Hudson, and we had four forwards on the second team, Michaela Zillish of Fox Cities. Uh, defense, uh, Lauren Johnson of the Metro Lynx, uh, Hannah Hiltonen of Fox Cities, and goalie Ellis Kaborski of Fox Cities. So uh, I, I wasn't alone in my thinking that the defensive pairing of, of Grace Bunnell and Lauren Johnson are a, a dynamic uh, defensive duo. No, and uh, I was glad Leah Parker uh, made the list. She was on my ballot. Um, you know, we noticed her. Oh, number nine. Part. Yes. yes. We noticed her in part because of her play last year. Uh, last year she was a freshman. In, this in year part. she's just a sophomore. In part because part? of her play. And the other part was uh, just because of how she went over the boards getting uh, back into the player bench. She kind of had to stop and put both her hands on the boards and lift because. Uh, She's small, uh, but yeah, she was. She really stood out for Hudson in that game. Um, I thought she was it, actually, yeah. <laughs> she was actually really. She was kind of quiet in the the sectional final against Eau Claire area, but she really stood out in their game against uh, the Fox City Stars in the in that first round. Well, junior, she also was a uh, uh, all team uh, member last year as a freshman. Yeah. Um, so I mean, Leah Parker is 
somebody that's going to be a, a great player. She might be short in stature, but she's pretty long in talent. So, uh, And I had mentioned earlier that Grace Bunnell was a freshman, but now I see that she uh, is listed in here as a sophomore. So I don't know if... Um, you wrote the, it. Yeah, I know, but I don't know if the team, uh, the roster was right or wrong or whatever, but uh, either way, Grace Bunnell for the Metrolinx is a great player, so... Uh, they got a good future in front of them, but um, kudos to all these girls on this uh, all-tournament team. Maddie Jablonski has had a, a great career. She had a great year as a senior, and uh, best wishes to her going forward. Yep, and then on to D1, where Caden Grant was our MVP, stopping 60 of 61 shots. Uh, based on the math here, if Chippewa Falls took one more shot, that game might still be going on. Because he stopped 30 of 31 against Notre Dame, 30 of 30 against Chippewa Falls, just one more shot, and they might have cracked him. Uh, but the first team forwards for D1 are Brendan Poshak of Notre Dame, Noah Igbali of University School, and Walker Hasig of Verona, uh, despite the fact he had two goals disallowed. Uh, defense, uh, Nathan <laughs> Jurens of Verona and Jacob Conrad of Notre Dame, and then goalie Caden Grant of Verona. Uh, second team forwards, Tyler Herzberg of University School, Kale Rufenacht of Verona, and Leo Renland of Verona. Uh, defense, Corbin Skinner of Notre Dame, uh, Reed Milton of Notre Dame, and Alex Thundercloud of University School. And then the second team goalie was Bridger Fixmer of Chippewa Falls. I think there's a lot of talent in this group, for sure. Uh, <laughs> Hasig, if he had scored those two goals, if they had actually been allowed, he might have been the MVP of the tournament. Hard to say, but um, you look at the names, a lot of great talent, a lot of great play, and uh, well-deserving honors for all of these guys. Well, again, it's it's a lot of guys who are up for the uh, I mean, who guys who? Well, when I say they were up for the uh, the end of season awards, it means these are guys who did it all season long. Um, I mean, Herzberg was up for the Pavelski Award. Uh, there are two defensemen, uh, Thundercloud and Jurens, uh, both up for the Drewiski Award. Both of the goalies were, you know, th- these these guys have been doing it all year long. And in big games, you need your big players to come up big. That's uh, kind of a bigly thing. Um, so they did, and you know it was it, it was a great state tournament in in that regard. That it was. All right, shall we move on, boys? Yes. Yeah. With, 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 what, what's so? With, what's with going that, on? With that what's all going on us. for the rest of the year? What What are we going to do the next couple months? Uh, well, the first, senior first, class tournament. Uh, all right, yeah. F- f- first, we have to complain about the WIA again because, um, you know, despite despite the fact the fact that you know Tom Schafransky is both of our best friends, um, <laughs> the dub the, apparently the the February 29th, you know, which only happens every four years, but falling on a Saturday, just kind of threw off the the whole scheduling thing for the WIAA because. Everybody else is like a week ahead of us. Um, the senior, the the, the the tier one tournaments, which are uh, normally the team Wisconsin stuff, which is normally the week after uh, the high school state tournament, also happened this past weekend. Uh, the senior class tournament, which is normally two weeks after the state tournament, is next week. The Minnesota state high school tournament, which is always the week after the Wisconsin High School Tournament was this past weekend. The Wisconsin High School Hockey Tournament was supposed to have been last weekend. Um, and then everything would be on its normal schedule. But it wasn't. It was just this past weekend. And now the senior class tournament is next weekend. And we're all wiped out and not really sure <laughs> if we got anybody able to cover that who can recover by then. Because we're like old and feeble and tired and stuff. Well, we're not all that old and feeble and tired. So we'll, um, amongst the, the our group, we will try to make it over to the senior class tournament this weekend, and uh, 
Well, we'll see what we can do. Uh, it's a great tournament. We've tried to make it over there for many years. Um, they're, I mean, we're old. Come on. Right, Burglar? Have you made it to 60 yet? A couple of years ago. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm gonna be sixty on on Monday. So if anybody wants to send me a birthday present, send it to you know me. I'll be sixty. Um, we we're old, and uh, we we try to do the best that we can. And we'd love to. Like I told Burglar, I said if I was twenty five years old and single, I would be over to the senior class tournament covering it from Friday first game through Sunday last game. But I mean. And, and, ancient. and occasionally you would make it out of the beer tent to actually see part of a game. Exactly. We're <laughs> ancient now, so it makes it a little bit tougher. But we will do our best. We we love the state or the, the senior class tournament. There's uh, a lot of great players there playing probably what might be their last games of their high school career. And, uh, it's uh, actually an awesome experience, so we'll definitely try to make it over there, and we'll see what we can do. And then after that, uh, what do we got coming up? There's uh, well, actually, at the same time next weekend is the isn't that that the uh... Central Districts in Fond du Lac? Yeah, that uh, the girl. I I have not looked at the what the boys have done um but as of yesterday the tw u16 and u19 girls both have won their state finals and are are playing at the central district and that'll be at the fond du lac blue line ice center this weekend um still have to check on what the boys have done i think the the tw boys u18 also won okay so Maybe I mean, even the 16. yeah. So yeah, I I mean I looked as of like eight or nine o'clock last night, and that was kind of it. And after that, I was time to crash. But um, so we'll 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 do what we can do to cover that. And then there's uh, a f- few more tournaments in the next probably five six weeks that we are going to take a look at too. Because I don't have it written down in front of me, uh, maybe one of you guys do. We can talk about the stuff that we got going on. Oh, there's a girls. Uh, there's there 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 are two turn. There's a girls tournament, a boys tournament, the Minnesota NIT uh, tournaments that are coming up in late April. Uh, Trasher will probably be attending the girls NIT, and MJ will probably be attending the boys. NIT, which is like the last weekend in April, first weekend in May type of thing. And if we could get some sponsored dollars to help us cover these tournaments, um, because we really don't get much money after the state tournament, and um, basically all of this stuff comes out of our pocket. So if uh, anybody around there that is hearing this this podcast says, hey, you know, I'd be willing to help out with that. Please get in contact with us. WIPH 3.0 at gmail.com would be the way to get in, in touch with us. And, uh, I mean, we try to do the best we can, but obviously a lot of this comes out of our pocket. So, um, you know, it is what it is, right? We, we'll do what we can to an extent, but... Yeah, on that, it's kind of like, well, I'm not going to take a huge loss in this. Well, yeah, I mean, we we get enough we get enough ad revenue off our site to cover our state tournament expenses, but once the once the state tournament ends, uh, traffic on our website kind of drops down to like zero. Well, not zero, but I mean, because there there are still people who are interested in you know the senior class tournament and the. Team Wisconsin and the other stuff like that, but yeah, not yeah, not not zero, but it drops from like a hundred down to ten. <laughs> yeah, maybe zero point five. 
All right. Well, I think after that, we're going to wrap it up because about five minutes ago, Trasher started slurring his words, and I'm worried that he had a stroke. Why? (laughs) So unless you guys have anything else to say. Were you drinking a glass of stroke? (laughs) (laughs) He's Um, not going to answer that question. I I do not think I was drinking a glass of stroke. I might have been drinking a glass of earthquake. There you go. Yeah. Now uh, you can subscribe to This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever else podcasts are found. And you can watch us record the show live on YouTube. And as Burglar says every week, I don't know why you would. Um, but some of you do. Um, and that's weird. So thank you. Uh, if you do watch us on YouTube, click the like button and the subscribe button. Couldn't hurt. Yeah. Or it could. You never know. All right, so the 2019-2020 WIA Boys and Girls Hockey Seasons are over. It's been fun. Thank you very much. We appreciate all the traffic that we've gotten. We appreciate everything that you've done for us. We appreciate our fandom. Thank you. We love you. All right, thank you, and, you know, wait seven months for the next episode of This Week (laughs) in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.